Hello everybody, this is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Y'all can do better than that. Good morning. There you go. Uh, If we haven't met, my name is Chris Woodson. I'm our Connect Groups Director here at Stockbridge Community Church. Uh, If you were here last week, you may have heard I've started my licensing process so I can become our group's pastor here at the church. So uh, that's, uh, you know, if you're in a Connect Group, uh, I get to work with your leaders and that kind of thing. So I want to say I hope everyone had a happy 4th of July. Did you guys get some good food this weekend? Yeah? Okay. Somebody's happy about it? Okay. So, it's this huge Independence Day weekend. It's, we celebrate, you know, our nation's birth and, and all these different things this weekend. So, but, and, and as cool as that is and as big as that is, you know, this morning, in case you didn't know, I'm a big comic book fan. I'm a total comic book nerd, and that's probably more about me than you'll ever want to know. But, uh, and don't make fun. But, um, so I'm a huge comic book fan. So to come out here and have kind of my first uh, uh, message all by myself, kind of without no strings on me, uh, without all of that, and to come out here and preach about a comic book, you know, th- this is the dream for me, okay? This really is the dream. Some people, they dream about, like, big boats and big houses and big cars and all this stuff. For me, getting to come out here and preach to you guys about a comic book character, this is a dream. And I'm, I'm going to have a lot of fun, and I hope you'll, you'll kind of come along on the trip with me as we kind of explore one of the biggest characters or the biggest uh, stories in all of Old Testament. We're going to be talking about David and Goliath this morning. And, and it's kind of ironic that we're talking about Ant-Man, somebody who uh, fights his battles by becoming smaller when we're talking about, you know, somebody like David as opposed to somebody like Goliath. So it's kind of ironic, small people doing big things. You can go ahead and make your short jokes. I'm, I'm used to them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. You can laugh at me. I'm fine with that. So, but as an aspiring pastor getting to preach to you guys about comics, it's going to be a lot of fun. And one thing we're going to talk about today, and I, I really want to kind of draw from the story of David and Goliath as well as Ant-Man is, that God takes our insignificance and makes it significant. Have you ever felt insignificant? Okay. Have you guys ever felt insignificant? Okay. Um, they'll, they'll catch up. So God takes our, insignificant and our insignificance and, and adds significance to it. And, and, you know, one of the biggest catalysts to that is our faith. And we're going to talk more about that in a moment. But I want to introduce our characters today. I want to introduce two of the most iconic Old Testament characters and, and probably one of the most legendary battles of all time. I mean, even people who don't believe in God talk about, oh, it's a David versus Goliath story, you know, when, when you're talking about like the, the underdogs versus the guaranteed things. So with that being said, they're introduced very differently to us in Scripture. These two, these two men are, uh, well, actually this man and this boy are introduced completely different to us in Scripture, and I want us to look at that here. But the first thing that you need to write down today is that there was an enormous contrast between David and Goliath. It's a huge contrast between David and Goliath. You know, ha- have you ever felt like, like a situation in your life was just so overwhelming that you, you just didn't know what to do with it? Uh, facing your giant, as it were. Uh, so there's a huge, and, and let's look at how they're, let's just get right into it this morning. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 4. Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, 
came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Now, most translations say nine feet, nine inches, or they give the old uh, Hebrew thing, but since I'm not an expert, I'm not even going to try to explain all the cubits and this, that. But what I will tell you is nine feet, okay, to me, six feet tall is tall, okay? So if you're six feet here, really, if you're over 5'8", to me, you're tall. So, um, but, but nine feet, nine inches, can you imagine? Okay, the biggest guy in here, okay, can you imagine going after somebody nine feet, nine inches tall? To anybody in here, that is unquestionably a huge contrast. Furthermore, we see David is, is even told by his own king who should be building him up and encouraging him. By the way, this king should not be in his tent hiding from the battle. This king should be out on the field taking care of business because he's the king of Israel. But this is where the king is. The king, Saul, is in his tent. And he, he doesn't even want to go out. And you've got to understand, you know, you hear uh, people talk about the front lines and the front lines of battle. And, and on Independence Day weekend, we kind of think about our troops a lot. So you think about, these guys know all about the front lines of battle. These soldiers are about 20 yards behind the front lines because they're that scared of Goliath. Nine feet, nine inches tall. So a little bit terrified. This is what uh, Saul says. You can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was young. So you're just a kid. You're an afterthought. You're not capable of going out there and taking care of this guy. So now we see kind of how Goliath is introduced as this man of war that, that, everybody, that he, everybody quakes before him. Everybody's afraid of him. He, he's just such a big, scary guy. Well, here's how David, sweet little innocent at this point, uh, David, this is how David is introduced to us. So this is what happens. Saul, the same king that we were just talking about in this tent, Saul, he disobeys God. He does things that God's told him not to. And because of that, God decides to replace him as king. And in order to, in order to find a king, you need a prophet to go and anoint someone. So, he goes to, so God speaks to the prophet uh, Samuel. He says, Samuel, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I want you to go to the house of Jesse. He's got all these sons. And I want you to go down the row, and you will find among his sons the next king of Israel, the, the man who's going to replace Saul. So this is where it picks up after uh, Samuel arrives. Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. So basically, you should pick one of these because he's nothing more than, than a sheep and goat herder. He's nothing more than a little shepherd boy. He's nothing more than a little shepherd, which if you think about it, it's kind of reminiscent of later in life, when we, uh, later in, in the, all the way in the New Testament, Jesus becomes our shepherd. So if you think about that, shepherds can do an awful lot when uh, given the opportunity, right? But, but here's what happens. There, it's kind of like a, one of these uh, uh, reality shows. So it's like, uh, who wants to be the next king of Israel, right? So uh, Saul, Samuel's walking down this line, and he's like, oh, man, you're really tall. You're good-looking. God, is this? No? Okay. Oh, you're really well-educated, well-read, well-spoken. Is it? No? Okay. So he goes down this whole line, you know, you're good-looking. Everybody will follow you. You speak with authority. Everybody, no, no, no. God, come on looks at Jesse, and that's when he asks, is, is this all the boys you have? Now, if I'm one of these boys, right now, I'm just like, wait a minute. You just went through all of us, and, and, and now you, you still really want to walk out to the, to the meadows and, and look at little David? Because in this society, shepherds were looked down upon, even by their own families, because they were second, third, or even fourth class citizens because they were unclean, because they spent so much time with animals. So to all the brothers, they naturally looked down on David already because of what his job was. Has anybody ever looked down on you because of where your station in life was? You ever felt that? Okay. Have you guys ever felt that? Okay. So uh, 
you know, you, you look down on because you're just, maybe you don't look the part. Maybe you don't act the part. Or, you know, whatever the case may be, they're looking down on David. Well, what happens is he gets to David out in the field, and God says, this is him. He's going to grow into a man after my own heart. Doesn't mean David's going to be perfect, but we're not talking about that today. David was never perfect, but what he was is he was a man after God's own heart. And, and that day, out in the field, the insignificant David became anointed to become the next king of Israel. Amongst all his brothers. And that shows this, and this is why. You know what? David was a man of faith. Faith is the catalyst in your transformation from going insignificant to significant. When you start having faith, you start having a voice because you serve a God that has a voice. You serve a God that created a voice, therefore he's in control of the voice. What, what it is, is when you develop faith, anything can happen. As a matter of fact, our memory verse this week, if you'll look at this, uh, our memory verse is Matthew 17, 20 in the New Testament. Jesus is speaking, and what Jesus says is this, um, Truly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. What will be impossible? What will be impossible? If you have faith this small, God can take that faith and multiply it to conquer giants. Isn't that cool, the way that works? Uh, when he's talking about, you know, a small, insignificant person versus a mountain, and here we are back in the Old Testament looking at David versus Goliath, this much faith, this much faith, or in David's case, a stone this size, this much faith can conquer giants and move mountains. Faith is the key factor in going from insignificant to significant. Number two, David showed courage when everyone else was fearful. Courage when everyone else is fearful. Story picks back up here. Uh, Goliath stood and shouted. Now, Goliath at this point is standing on the battle at, at the front line. He's probably taking a step over the front line just because he can. So Goliath is, is and he's, he's talking trash to God's, God's people. He's talking trash, and none of them are doing anything about it. This is what it is. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Basically what he's saying right here is, Am I not a champion, and you're a servant? Who are you guys to even walk out of your tents in the morning and look at me? Now, if somebody says that to me and is not nine feet tall, I... Okay, so... Uh, Am I not a Philistine? Are you not one of the servants of Saul? Choose a man and make him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. And in my mind, he says that with a smirk because he's like, yeah, well, if your guy can beat me, we'll, we'll cook you breakfast. That's kind of the way I take that. That's basically what he's saying is he knows it's a joke when he says it. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our, sub, our subjects and serve us. So this was kind of customary in the old world. And we've seen this in some movies. Maybe some of you have. Uh, you have like a champion from each side. Somebody comes out of the ranks from each side to kind of duke it out. And what that does is, is that goes ahead and decides the battle. It may not win the war, but they would send out somebody from this side, somebody from that side. There's lots of movies. Uh, uh, Troy is one movie that comes to mind, but I know it's not the only one. So there's all these people, and they'll stand back, and let those other two people fight the fight. Because that, and the fight will belong to the kings. Whoever wins takes the battle. So that's kind of where we're at. Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? Now, this is where you start to see David's motiva motivation. Other than his faith, David's walking down. David's kind of walking behind the lines, heading to Saul's tent to talk to him. 
where we know already that he's going to get kind of told to go away. Uh, so David's walking down the battle lines uh, behind the soldiers, and this is what he's hearing. Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. At this point, if I'm David, I'm starting to slow down because I don't know what's going on. I heard the word great wealth, so I'm going to slow down. I'm going to listen. Okay. Uh, he will also give him his daughter in marriage. Now, if you think about this, that's pretty convenient. David just got anointed to be the next king. Now he gets to marry a princess. Bada bing, bada boom. <sighs> There's not a single man in here that wouldn't get excited about the idea of marrying a princess. Y'all don't lie. Uh, he will also give him his daughter, that's a sin by the way, he will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt, and this is one of my favorite parts, will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. At this point, David's walking. What? Wait, 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 what? The, the, the taxes and the princess and the, the money? Oh yeah, but I believe in God, but yeah, yeah. So what it is, is we see on top of David's already increased faith that David is starting to kind of, He's kind of, okay, 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 so maybe God does want me to do this. I mean, as a princess, after all, it's where I'm heading anyway. She doesn't even have to move her stuff out of the palace. So, um, we don't need a U-Haul. Um, so, David stopped dead still, and in my mind, David's kind of like, say what? Uh, so, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now, at this point, would you say David's motivated? Okay, at this point, David has nothing to lose, y'all. He spends his entire life with sheep and goats. He ain't got nothing to lose, but he's got faith. He's got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like you were just kind of at the bottom and the only way to go was up? That's where David's at in his life. Now, while he's done some kind of cool things, nobody really knows about it until he starts telling people. And we're going to see that in a moment. Because the next thing that you got to write down is this. David did not allow the comments of those around him to discourage him. David did not allow the comments, those comments, those negative comments that bring us down every time we try to start doing good. Every time God starts to, to give a work in our lives, uh, David didn't allow those comments to bring him down. Uh, it, it said, and I've never seen this happen because I don't cook, but it said that if you put a whole bunch of crabs in a pot, that as one of them will start to climb out, as the water gets hot, the rest of them will pull it back down. Have you ever noticed that happen in your life? You ever noticed that happen in your life? Well, I'm going to wake y'all up at some point. I'm preaching way better than y'all are listening. So, uh, so David, David starts pulling, or, or uh, the crabs start pulling them back down, and we'll see this happen in David's life right here. As a matter of fact, it's his own brother. Remember we talked about the brothers that got passed over, okay? So uh, his, his oldest brother, uh, Eliab, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here and with whom did you leave those few sheep? You see that word few is very key here because at this point, he's trying to diminish what David does for a living. He's trying to say that what David's got going on in his life is insignificant, not important. I think if we're honest, we've all felt that at some point. We've all felt like somebody was kind of dragging us back down. As soon as something good starts to happen in your life, one of your friends is like, you know what, you're spending way too much time at church. You're in a small group. You go on Sunday morning. You're serving in the nursery. You know, there's stuff we could be doing instead of that. We could go to the lake, which there's nothing wrong with going to the lake. Uh, but we can do this. We can do that. We, we don't really need to be a part of that. And it can kind of start dragging you down. Or maybe it happens in, in your career, in your work. Wherever, I guarantee you, it's happened somewhere. And if it hasn't, you're fortunate, but be prepared. 
Why have you come down here? And whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now, guys, this morning I want us to remember, David was chosen because he's a man after God's own heart. And his brother, despite all of that, his brother says, we know how wicked your heart is. So I don't think his brother really believes that. I think his brother just feels jaded. He feels, he feels dissed. You know, I hate to use this word, but maybe he's a hater. Maybe he's been drinking a little haterade, you know. So maybe David, David, David's starting to do good in his life, and, and Eliab just ain't having it. He says, you know what? You're, you're, you're anointed the next king. You're a jerk. Just because, you're doing, just because something good's going on in your life, he's going to attack him. That's happened? Oh, okay. Um, so that's happened. I'm going to go back to a verse that we've already read, and this is back in the tent again with Saul. You can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth, and he's been a warrior since he was young. I want to I ask you guys something this morning. How many times in our lives do we let the comments of other people, other people affect what we do with our life? How many times do we let that, those negative people suck the life out of us? It's almost like a virus, isn't it? It's, it and it's contagious, and, and it just eats at you. And, and what somebody else says about you can really change your entire perception of yourself. Somebody said, well, that shirt looks like it fits too, a little too tight today. Next thing you know, you feel fat and replace your whole wardrobe because maybe you had a big lunch that day. But we let the, what other people say about us affect what we feel about us. We, we will even let other people's words to us affect what we believe God says about us. Oh, well, you've been divorced. Uh, oh, you've had addiction problems. And what we do is we let, we let the high and mighty pull us down because they haven't suffered with what we've suffered with. They haven't struggled with what we've struggled with. And what we do is we create our own giants. We do that. And, and it's all about letting that negativity build up. You know, we have something really great happening at the end of this month. And, and it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to speak positive, to do something great for, for someone else. And this, this is our Pump It Up event. And I would guarantee you, what, what this is, if you don't know, we, we buy down a percentage of the gas next door and, and offer that to our community. We, we have one, two, 300 cars, something like that come through, and people's lives are affected. As a matter of fact, there's probably somebody sitting within about 50 feet of you right now whose life was changed because of a Pump It Up event. Something as simple as pumping somebody's gas and giving them 50 cents off the gallon. Something that simple. So you serving and giving your time, as a matter of fact, if you will, Flip over your connection cards. I want to challenge you this morning that if you haven't already made a commitment to come out and serve that morning, to do so. And this is why. This is why. It, you never know how much what you do matters to other people. And, and, and I've heard stories from people that came through Pump It Up. They've never been to church before. They've, they've, their families never went to church. So basically, this is a dead tree that keeps growing branches but no fruit. And what happens when they come here is they see a smile. They see your smile. They see you serving them. They see you giving part of your Saturday morning, just a couple hours. It's not even an all-day thing. Just a couple hours of your day to, to speak life into their life, to be the only smile they may see that week, to be the only hand they may shake that week. And I promise you, you're probably the only person that pumps their gas that week because, you know. But, but what it happens is that you, you doing something so insignificant, something that seems so insignificant, what would happen if five years after a Pump It Up event that you served at, somebody comes back to you and they say, hey, you know what, you know, this is kind of weird, and, uh, you know, but I've seen you around the church a little bit, and I just want to tell you, when you smiled at me that day and pumped my gas and told me Jesus loved me and invited me to come to your church the next week, you know what, that changed my entire life. 
And what it does is it begins to change entire family trees, okay? Because that tree that was dead now has faith, and there starts to be fruit, and children are produced, and generations come out of that, and you, giving two hours of a Saturday morning, very well could change an entire family's destiny. Can you imagine what that, what the ad, what that probably has to feel like? I, w- I would like to. So I'm going to be here, and I want to challenge everyone here to be out here with me. To refer back to our film today, Ant-Man, after a big fight, uh, him and his teammates, he kind of looks around after they kind of saved the world, and he says this, uh, we really did something good here, something lasting. How many, can, how many can claim that? So you can come out and give two hours of your time. And whether, whether it seems minuscule, you might make some new friends, but you'll definitely have an impact on somebody in this community, I promise. So I want you to come out, and I look forward to seeing you then. Number four on your outline today is David spoke positive confessions of a certain victory. David spoke positive confessions of a certain victory. This is basically where David starts throwing down before he's even walked out to the battlefield. David starts throwing down by claiming the promises that his God has already made, by claiming exactly what was about to happen, by by saying, by confessing what was going to happen. And this is where it happens. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. David's a bad dude. I promise you, if I'm a shepherd, we're just going to write that sheep off. Okay? I ain't fighting a wolf or a lion or a bear or a tiger. Oh my, I ain't fighting none of those things for a sheep. Okay, because I don't like sheep that much. I'm just not going to do it. David's a bad dude, though. David goes after these things. And remember, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. So for, for students that may be listening today or for parents of students, we, we, we should never think of, the, of them as being insignificant because they're younger people. Because that God did something incredible. God rescued an entire nation and anointed a king through a child. You know, most people would say David was around 12 to 14 years old when all this happened. Yeah. Goliath's a man of war from birth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. This is where everything changes. The entire game is about to shift. Look what happens. Saul, that was just afraid and just telling David, there's no chance, don't even go, there's no point. This is what happens. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. The same man... Because of David speaking up and speaking positively, the same guy that was just tearing him down and discouraging him gives him a blessing. The king of his nation just gave him a blessing because he saw the faith being put in. There's a lot. I want to tell you something. What you say to people matters a lot. What you say to people, your attitude, we were talking about that negativity is a virus and it's contagious and, and it will break you down. Well, let me tell you something. If, if negativity in your life is the virus, These positive confessions of a certain victory of the God that you serve, the God that took care of David, the God that delivered him from all these different animals and giants, the same God that breathed life back into Jesus, as a matter of fact, that same God can live inside you. And you know what? That positivity, that's the vaccine to the virus. That positivity. You can start speaking. I want to tell you about my friend Kevin Walker this morning. Kevin Walker, when I first got involved in ministry here, I started out working with the choir. And this is, you know, Kevin, Kevin, matter of fact, uh, you'll probably see him with a crazy looking wig on it, pump it up. Uh, 
if you've been to one of our events, you've probably noticed that. But Kevin has a good time. He's, he's a happy guy for the most part. And, and here's what I noticed. Uh, when I first started, let me say this. Don't we have an awesome band that plays up here every week? We have an awesome production team in general. Well, here's what you might not know about them is they're well-fed because of Kevin. Kevin stops and, get bis- and gets biscuits and food for everybody every Sunday morning. So when they come out here, they're smiling. Y'all think it's because of how much they love singing. It might not be the healthiest food, but those bags of McDonald's are like manna in the wilderness. I'm telling you. So what happens is Kevin will bring those in. He's got the smile on his face, and he's happy to do it. And I'm going to tell you something. If you've ever ordered food for 30 people at a McDonald's that early on a Sunday, you know what fighting for your life is like. You know what a bad time is, okay? Because I've filled in for him once or twice, and there's a reason I haven't volunteered to do it since. Because I just don't have that in me. I'm trying to be more like Kevin. I tell him, you know, I want to be like Kevin when I grow up. But, but he'll come in, and he's, he's positive, and he's having a good time, and he's smiling. And here's another thing I've noticed about him. Uh, when somebody maybe didn't get a part they tried out for, for, for one of our worship songs or anything like that, he, he, and I heard him say this, and I doubt he even remembers it, but he told him, you know what, I, I just want God to do whatever, whatever I can do today that, that God can use me for, I want them to use me for that. I want him to use me for that. So whether it's singing or bringing biscuits or standing in the choir and singing, whatever it is, I just want God to use me. And let me tell you something, that is contagious because what it does is it starts spreading. When you start breathing positivity into your negative workplace, when you start breathing positivity into your families, when you start breathing positivity into that broken home or that broken marriage or whatever it is, when you start breathing positivity into there, you'll find that the negativity becomes something in your, in your rear view, and it becomes the afterthought. Y'all got to listen faster. I'm running behind. The next step, uh, and I want you to take this next step in, in your faith, is this, this. I will begin speaking positivity into the negative parts of my life. I will begin speaking positivity into the negative parts of my life. And I would even add, the connection card wasn't big enough to add this, but I will say um, positivity into other people's lives. Because what you say could change somebody, just like we just saw it change Saul. Number five on your outline is this. David knew that the real contest was between God and his enemies. David didn't go in this for glory. Okay, I made some jokes about Mary and princesses, but ultimately David went in this because he was a man of faith. And this guy, this Philistine, was coming against the armies of God, the nation of God, the sons of God, the daughters of God, the, the children of his God. And even as a child, he was small enough to recognize that somebody had to do something. David knew that the real contest was between God and his enemies. Now, David, at this point, he's on the battlefield. David's ready. He's got his stones, he's got his sling, and he's ready. And this is what happens. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Y'all, it's getting serious. When you're cutting people's heads off, you mean business, okay? So... Uh, sorry, sorry, I got a little excited there when you start cutting heads off. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. Say that with me. The battle is the Lord's. One more time. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. You notice that David never once talked about how great he was in all of that? David never talked about how great he was in that entire speech. What he did is he said, the battle is the Lord's. 
David said, this isn't my fight. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I wasn't designed for this, but you know what? My God is. My God is bigger than my giant. David said, my God is bigger than whatever's going on in my life. My God is bigger than this giant. There was a, there's a Matthew West song that I'm really fond of he, where it's called Strong Enough, and you may have heard it. He talks about, I know I'm not strong enough to be everything that I'm supposed to be. I give up. But then he says, but Lord, right now, I'm asking you to be strong enough for the both of us. So I'm telling you this morning, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, or maybe if you're not even in your walk with Christ, we serve a God that is bigger than any problem you'll ever face. We serve a God that can put a power inside you Okay, when you become a Christian and you turn your life over to him, there, you, there's power in that. There's power in that faith because that faith will make uh, an insignificant, a seemingly insignificant life significant through your faith. You can move the mountains. Number six is this, proving his faith through his actions. David defeated Goliath as a champion. David defeated Goliath as a champion. Now listen, I don't want anybody here today to leave without the opportunity to accept Christ into your life. I don't want anybody in here to walk out of here. You don't have to leave here feeling insignificant. On this Independence Day weekend, you have an opportunity for today to be your Independence Day from sin, from death, from that addiction, from that, that relationship problem, that hang-up, that hurt, that habit, whatever it is, today can be your day to turn your life over to Christ. And as a matter of fact, we've made it very simple. But it's so meaningful, so meaningful. There's a prayer in your outline I'd like you to pray with me this morning. And if you mean that and you mean it with all your heart, you're going to walk out of here today a champion. You're going to walk out of here with a Savior that is bigger than those giants because you are walking out of here in victory. Here's the prayer. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I ask, you to, I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I want to encourage you to check that box on the back of your connection card. We'll be praying over you. We'll help you get some resources. I, I just don't want anybody to leave today feeling that insignificance because you don't have to. You don't have to leave here today feeling like you don't matter because God said you do. God said you do. As a matter of fact, when you, when you pray that prayer and you step into that life of faith, you, do, God, you take on the mantle of being a champion. Just like David. Faith, action, champion. Faith, action, champion. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. With a sling and a stone. A sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David walked out as a champion. He walked out of that bad situation in his life as a champion. David said, I'm not going to be affected by what they say about me. I'm going to walk out a champion. David said, I'm not going to be affected anymore by this addiction and this struggle. I'm walking out of here a champion. Somebody better get excited because you're walking out of here today. You don't have to walk out of here being, feeling afraid. You don't have to walk out of here feeling alone. You serve a God who says that you are a champion. Would you stand with me before we worship this morning? 
going to have prayer partners down here in just a moment. I want to encourage you, if you're ready to let it go, whatever it is, come down and pray with them. Now, would you, would you please, let's walk out of here together. Say this with me. Say, I am a champion. Say it again like you mean it. I am a champion. One more time like you really mean it. I am a champion. Amen. Let's work. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdawes at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.